0: You want it, you need it, you got it. In this corner with Brian Campbell returns with the MMA edition as we pull guard and look to sink in that choke with another lethal dose of the performance-enhancing audio. Yes, the Brian Campbell, in fact, the voice that you hear, just about ready to unleash an absolutely loaded show. That is guaranteed to leave you impressed. I'm not impressed by your performance. Hey-oh, the great King Mo the Lawal will join us to preview Saturday's Bellator 199 card, including his main event matchup against Ryan Bader and the Bellator World Grand Prix Heavyweight Tournament. Heck, we will also be hearing from Darth Bader himself about why he will be the one advancing to face Matt Mitrione in the second round. Don't you worry. King Mo is going to have a lot to say about Bader's thoughts. Believe me, <laughs> indeed he is. King Mo's is a tough son of a bitch. That guy's all right with me. Yes, yes, Jail. Yes, King Mo is all right. And don't forget, it's also UFC 224 week from Rio de Janeiro featuring a women's bantamweight title main event between Amanda Nunez and Raquel Pennington. And we will sit down with the champ herself to talk about what it's like to face a good friend, whether Cyborg is in her future, and where Nunes herself believes she ranks right now. On the list of all-time greatest female fighters, spoiler alert, she thinks she's already the go. Interesting topic. Believe me, this is a show that really, if you're being honest here, reeks of entertainment. It is a beautiful aroma that... Arouses me, and while this audio does come to you for free, all we ask is that you do your part to pay it forward. If you like what you hear today on the show, if you see something, say something. Please head on over to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, review. Hey, five—it's five-star season. All right, five time, five time, Booker T, give us that five-star review. Hey, throw a couple of nice words in there about what you like about the show. And with the business now behind us, it's time to consummate the audio. It's time for The King. MMA royalty is back. Enjoy. Oh, yeah. TBC King Mo coming at you another week, but this is not like another week. It's fight week, baby. I'm talking about Bellator 199. I'm talking about UFC 224. But most importantly, I'm talking about King Mo Ryan Bader, The Bellator World Grand Prix, the final first round matchup. King Mo, you're joining us on Fight Week, man, right in the midst, right in the, in the calm before the storm as you're ready to walk into that fire. Many thanks for, for giving the people what they want. How, how you feeling, man? Mentally, physically, spiritually? Give us the full gamut here, just days away from maybe introducing Bader to this.
1: When he stepped foot in that cage, they're going to pay the price with net. Oh
0: yeah. Tell us about it, King Mo.
1: Man, I'm going to be real with you. I, have you seen Infinity War yet? Not yet, no. Okay, I feel like Thanos. Just put it like that. Alright, when I watch that, I'll be yeah.
0: thinking of you, alright? I'll be
1: thinking of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, the, remember remember the first scene when Thanos, the first 10 minutes, that's how I feel.
0: Alright, alright, alright. So you don't have to cut
1: weight this week. Is, the, is that changing your, uh,
0: your attitude and outlook here?
1: I never had to cut weight. Cause like, going to, don't like fight week, usually, my fight 205, I'm like 206, 207 when I get there. You know, and right now I'm about 210, you know what I'm saying? So like, it's nothing.
0: Alright, Kingwell, you've been, uh, you've been out of action for a while, so you've been, you've been almost like playing the journalist role. Now you're back to, to full-time fighter here. What's it like for a fighter going through all the media demands ahead of a big fight?
1: Uh, it's really nothing. Because it's all it is, is talking. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, really, the main thing we want to do is we want to get in the cage and fight. So just to talk, that gets kind of repetitive, but the talking is all done for me. You know, I'm going to say the same things over and over. I'm very confident. I'm going to handle business. And really, I'm just going to go out there and relax and, uh, enjoy myself until, uh, fight, fight time.
0: All right. I liked you in that Bellator countdown show. We got to see a little pro wrestling king Mo there. I like that.
1: He has a nasty clothesline. I hit my boy Hartnett with. <laughs> yeah. Who yeah, was who that dude taking bumps inside the cage there? Yeah. My boy, um, Hartnett. Um, he, um, probably American top team he was a um me, him, Lambert, um, Lashley, we were all the 18, American top team storyline for impact wrestling. Now we're wrestling for blueprint. And Hartnett does do uh he does take independent booking. So whoever needs to get a hold of him, <laughs> hit him up on Instagram. He could take a
0: sweet flat back. I you threw him against the barrier wall. He looked like he was ready for action right there. Yeah, he's always ready. All right all right Kingmo we got a couple headlines to run through before we get into the into the fight breakdowns this week, including your own against ryan Bader there uh, Kingmo this mMA boxing crossover keeps happening now we find out that the first name targeted in the Zufa boxing expansion, the promotion of Dana White that we think is going to happen is Mikey Garcia, the unbeaten multiple weight champion. No deal has been signed yet, but both sides seem to be talking about it favorably this is the right guy to build around if you're Dana White and you're jumping into the boxing space?
1: Well, I don't know if I were, if I were Mike Garcia, I would, I don't know. I wouldn't deal with him. You know, I, I you know, when it comes down to it, um, I don't know if Dana White is really capable of promoting boxing. You know what I'm saying? Look at, look at what MMA is going right now. The UFC is okay, but I don't know. And another thing about Mike Garcia, he's a great fighter, but as far as decision-making, to top rank, had promotional problems, has set for like a year, year and a half. Then he was with, uh, after that, I think who was he with after that? Um, was it, uh, Al Heyman for a little bit or? Ms. Well, he's Spinoza? been doing
0: a fight by fight thing. Yeah. After the top rank experience where he lost two years of his career, he fought for freedom. Now he, he never signed with Heyman. He never signed with a promoter. He's basically like, whoever gives him the right offer, fight by fight, he'll take it. That's why I was a little surprised that he's ready to throw his name in there with Dana and, and go all in.
1: Yeah. And, but see the thing is he hasn't been active. I, I don't know who his advisor is, but hopefully um, they have a good plan set so when he gets to Dana, you know, it can make something happen. But I don't know how Dan, how well Dana is, how how, how Dana can come to bat for him as a promoter. I don't, I just don't see – I don't know. I I have no – because, you know, the thing about this, when Dana – he helped make the – the um, the, um, the uh, Floyd Mayweather fight happen. Yeah. But that's because Floyd probably needed the money. It's not an easy fight. And it was like, Conor's a big name, so let's make it happen. Whatever needs to be done will be done. I know i make money, but what, what's going to happen when Dana has to talk to Al Heyman or to talk to Lou Bella or talk to Bob Arum, which ain't going to happen? You know, what's yeah, he going to do? Yeah, it's going to be
0: hard. Boxing promotion is an old boys club, and, and they don't necessarily want to open the door for somebody new to yeah. come in, especially somebody with White's reputation. And, like, you know, Dana White's been feuding with Bob Arum for, like, 15 years, right?
1: Yeah, and, and remember this. Like, about five years ago, remember Dana White said, boxing's dead? Yes, yes. It's funny how he said boxing's dead. Now he's trying to get into boxing like, like full, you know, as a matter of fact, I feel like he's more enthusiastic about boxing than he is about MMA.
0: I think he's got one foot out the door there at UFC. I think he's collecting his 26 million a year salary or whatever he's getting. And then, you know, it's just a weird time, man. But, you know, remember this sound?
1: UFC are a bunch of skinhead white guys watching (laughs) people in the ring who are also look like skinhead white guys.
0: Wow, long, long time since we've heard those words from from Bob yeah. Arum. So uh the MMA boxing crossover only continued, King Mo, when TMZ in L.A. caught up with Oscar De La Hoya exiting a lunch uh restaurant area with Chuck Liddell by his side, and suddenly Oscar wants to start Golden Boy MMA, and who does he want to sign for his first fight? 48 year old Chuck Liddell, who's been out of the game for almost a decade, lost seven of his last eight by knockout. I mean, you know, what the heck's going on here?
1: Uh, I think that when it comes down to it, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's trying to do Chuck Liddell versus uh, Tito Ortiz. Good luck selling that fight to the people. Yeah. It better be for free with uh it better be, it, look, it better be for free with a $10 rebate because ain't <laughs> nobody gonna watch that. Seriously.
0: I mean, it's like, if you put that in, on Bellator, you'll get ratings, but what's Oscar gonna do? Put it in the co-main for Canelo? I mean, what's gonna happen here?
1: Well, I, I, look, it'll get ratings for Bellator, maybe. You know, it, it could, you know, I don't know. You know, could it? I, I, like, Chuck Adele's been out of the game for a while. Where could he fight at? Could he fight in Cali? Probably not. Could he fight in Nevada? Who knows? New York is out the question. They have to go like, Wyoming or, some we like Maine not Maine but like South Dakota some place with no commission, Oklahoma maybe. Like it wouldn't it would it it, I it, it, it would it's not feasible. 48, 48 years old. He's been at the game for how many years? Well if you're Oscar, why are you
0: like why like okay, you're gonna get into the MMA promotion space, so let's go tab like it'd it'd be like, hey, let's go get uh Joe Calzaghi to start a boxing promotion. He's gonna be our like come on, like I uh just stop. Both both sides Dana and Oscar should probably just, you know, stay in your lane at this point, right?
1: Yeah, or start small. If, 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 like, you know, if, 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 um, Dan wants to get into boxing, find somebody and, like, start small with them. If, uh, Oscar wants to get into MMA, con- like, you know, team up with Combat Test America or, or somebody, or, or even Bellator or try to do something with the UFC. Try to start small to get, to understand the game because, man, Tucker Dell would not sell at all. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's, that can't be, can't be your foundation. That can't be, you know, like, look, like, I like freak fights. Bellator gave us Shamrock Gracie 3 a couple of years ago, and I was, I I lined up in the front row. I wanted to see that. I, I'm a hashtag old guy fight nerd. I love slop. I like it extra sloppy, King Mo. That's sloppy, but come on, Golden Boy MMA can't, that can't be on your poster. That can't be what you're building around. Like, it's just... And
1: don't forget, don't forget, like, Shamrock, I mean, Shamrock vs Gracie, they're both, like, inactive coming off for long layoffs or whatever. Maybe Shamrock might have the edge as far as being that active. you know. But if you look at Tito versus Chuck O'Dell, Chuck Adele's last few fights, he lost by, like, what, KO? Oh, a and lot, then I Tito, yeah. I don't know he ain't, I, I, what weight class they fight at. I I, I don't know. Just I, open I,
0: weight. I, just be a – you know what they should do? Bring back the BKB pit. Put them in, yeah. like, six-ounce gloves. Just let them slug each other in the yeah, closet, let, right? Or,
1: or let, let them do BKB. Let them box. We're going to do something else. Bare-knuckle boxing. Hey, be- You see that bare-knuckle promotion is coming? They're, like, doing
0: their first show in, like, Wyoming. There's, like, yeah. XM and Rico Rodriguez on the... Paul Spadafore is coming out of jail for that. What the heck's going on? I mean, I guess, look, they're, they're, maybe there's a market for slop. I mean, that's extra might, sloppy, though.
1: I might be going to that, actually. Oh Competing? <laughs> competing? Yeah. No, not competing But to watch, because, you know, like... Be, be, like look, when I'm done fighting, when I'm done doing M- MMA, BKB's the next step. I, I want to stay active, you know, and just be compete, so... I, you know, I, I like bare knuckle boxing, actually. You know, I wouldn't mind doing it in Europe or if the promotion kicks off here in America. Take a few fights here and there. Just stay active and stay in shape.
0: Look at this. Kimbo channeling his inner Kimbo here with these bare knuckle ideas, right? And the beard. You got a Kimbo beard going on. I got people reaching out <laughs> to me going, is he trying to look like Kimbo? You need, you, hey, it's the Miami influence, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's more the Kimbo because Kimbo was a true throwback fighter. Yes. And that's what, you know, that's, this is the tribute to Kimbo.
0: I love it. I love it. Hey, uh, final bit of news this week. It's not a pro wrestling crossover, but your teammate Colby Covington, the welterweight contender in the UFC, continues to act like a pro wrestler. He's got a public feud going on with John Jones at the moment. But UFC commentator Joe Rogan has given a warning on his recent Joe Rogan Experience podcast where he says, hey, Colby, quote, John Jones is going to be in front of you one day. You've got to be careful. Watch your effing words. You're going to get slapped in the face by a guy who can kill you with his hands. That's a bad move, end quote. Uh, We've already seen a boomerang thrown at Colby from a UFC heavyweight. Is there a line that this man will eventually cross? where the payback will be a B.
1: Well, if payback's a B, the lawsuit's even bigger. You know what I'm saying? Don't forget, we're in America. So, if the payback is a B and he gets hurt, the lawsuit will be bigger cuz Kobe like like Kobe's like um he's a he's a true heel. He's a mixture of um Bobby the Brain Heenan mixed with like um Elias. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Straight up. Like he'll he'll go out there talk trash, you touch him, you see a neck brace and a big lawsuit. So Kobe Kobe's like, you know, if the thing is like when it comes to Kobe, you can't fall for the bait. And there are people out there taking the bait, and Kobe's running with it.
0: Well, Kobe went after Rousey the other day saying she's too much of a mark for the business and she's ruining it right now. And he should be the one in WWE. And he thinks that once he gets the UFC title, WWE will be calling him. I know he had that little cup of coffee in TNA, Impact Wrestling, I'm sorry, with the, with the ATT crossover. He actually did well there. I mean, this guy's yeah. got some, I don't know if WWE is going to come calling unless he wins that belt and becomes the next Connor though.
1: Well, the thing is, like, he'll never be the next Connor because he's American. You know, but he can be the next Chao.
0: Oh, that's a good point. That's an interesting point. Both from
1: Oregon. They're both from Oregon. You know, um, both talk trash. Only, the only difference is, um, I feel like Chell's more of a heel than, than, uh, Kobe is. Kobe's a heel weasel. Chell's more of a pure heel because Chell will throw down. He won't fake no lawsuit. He'll, you remember when he fought, when Vandalay squared off with him and swung oh, yeah. on him? He, he said, he held his ground and guess what? There was no lawsuit. He Shooter's going to some. shoot.
0: He was ready to shoot right there, King Mo. Yeah
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but, but at the same time, Kobe, Kobe understands the business and he understands that, Hey, I'm, I'm going to talk trash. People will either love it or hate it, but I'm getting reaction.
0: No, he is getting reaction. So is there a point when he goes too far? I want to ask you because he did at that, uh, recent press conference talk trash to, uh, Raquel Pennington, who's in the main event at UFC 224 this week. And he basically inferred that Raquel Pennington's fiance, Tisha Torres, was, was after his jock back when they were ATT teammates saying Tisha was after my quote tiny tornado. And that made, you know, Raquel want to come and take some action against him. So people said, hey, look, that's a little bit too crass and too far. Is that alright with you?
1: Mm. I wouldn't say it. And I wouldn't advise people to do that. But you know what? Kobe Kobe is a mess about his madness. Look, he got a title shot. That's true. That's he true. He got a title shot. And the thing is, like, look, the UFC is rewarding that behavior. That's 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 the culture they they created. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see that in any other organization. Cause look MVP talks trash, but he's never got a title shot. But but the UFC is rewarding that behavior, and a hey, and if and Kobe sees it, so Kobe's like, you know what? That's that's the key. I'm gonna do that. Talk trash. It worked for Conor. So it worked for me. Yeah,
0: yeah, I hear you. It is working. I mean, whether he's giving away movie spoilers or posting pictures of himself with porn stars, he's getting that attention. You yep. gotta back it up in the cage though, because when you know you can be a trash talker, but if you can't win the big one. Your your ceiling comes quickly, so I'm interested to see what can happen. They're they're floating around enough interim belts where he could walk into a title soon, and he's got that chance. Yeah, and
1: he already he's already fighting for an interim belt. You think about it.
0: Exactly, and man, he you just follow him on Twitter. He's he's literally taking shots at anyone who will come near him. So it's it's very interesting.
1: I warned him. I was like, "Hey, man, you know, um, focus on people that you're gonna be fighting." But he's like, "Yeah, whatever. You know, I'm just gonna do what gets me a title shot." And he's like, "Watch." I'm going to keep on doing this. I'll get a towel shot. And I, and, I, and everyone at the gym thought it was crazy. We were like, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. Well, I guess he was right, and we were wrong because it worked. <laughs>
0: All right, King. Well, let's get into UFC 224 this weekend. Rio de Janeiro is the site for this pay-per-view. Headlined by Amanda Nunez versus Raquel Pennington for that Women's Bantamweight Championship. We have some sound here as uh, CBS Sports editor, writer Brandon Wise was able to head down to ATT this past week to get some interviews. He was able to talk to Amanda ahead of this fight. Let's throw to that now. So how's training been going for you so far? Getting
2: ready for this for the uh, third title defense now?
3: Yeah. Fourth? Very good, you know, no injuries. And they strat the strategy is on point. Everything's, like, go very smooth.
2: I know you've probably been asked this a million times, but how is it that you prepare to fight somebody that you consider a friend?
3: You know, like, this is a single sport, you know? You can think in group. You have to think about yourself. And I'm the champion, you know? And that belt in my house, yeah. I I never wanna <laughs> never that belt to go to. anywhere. And the motivator is that, you know, keep keep proving the best, keep proving I'm the, the real champion. And after you can be friends again.
2: How close do you consider you got you, uh Nina, and then Tisha and Rocky? How close do you guys consider your
3: group? <laughs> uh, Tisha we are m- m- more close to Tisha. Mm-hmm actually and because Rocky and Tisha got together and then we become close with Rocky as well more than the normal
4: mm-hmm.
3: and yeah every time we see each other we hang out you know Nina Nina um, long time ago corner and Tisha and this is very very close uh, friendship and we always hang out when Tisha lived here before mm-hmm. we always hang out we always always she always, always at the house we always hang out Pretty good friend for sure.
2: So, how long? How much longer do you think you see yourself in the 135 division? Have you ever considered going up or even going down to the 125 now that they've finally
3: established it? As long as I have contenders, I will keep fighting 135, you know? If something, um, if it stops or not have any, any girls anymore, I have to do a, a next movie in my life, you know? And uh, from there I decided. But now, I have Rocky, I have. Uh, uh, the other Brazilian just beat Ghana and like you know Mm -hmm. the the division starts running yeah it's a good thing
2: but you've never thought of possibly being a multi-division champion
3: of course I think a lot of champions think that you know (laughs) it never happened in the women's division right and well I I thought about it and I I offer you know I can go up and But the negotiation always went well and the things got lost in the middle and they offered me rocket, ticket, take it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I want to fight. Yeah. And whatever, whatever, uh, I always like to challenge myself, you know, because in this sport, if you, if you don't know how to take a challenge, you're in the wrong sport. Right. And I'm like, whatever, whatever happens, going to happen. I'm going to step in the cage, you know. Yeah. And whatever, whatever, um, Like, people think nothing's going to change. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, at the end of the day, this is my life and my career, you know?
2: Right, right. I understand. You mentioned that you uh, were offered the fight at 145 with Cyborg. Now, obviously, you're not thinking about that as you get ready for this fight. But how would you say your relationship is with Cyborg? <laughs> Are, would you consider yourself closer to acquaintances or, or rivals, almost?
3: No, no rival at all. Nothing personal. Actually, we never was friends. Mm-hmm. We are from the same, the same uh, country, but uh, we never trained together. We never did anything together. But uh, we always see, sometimes I see her and we always have respect to with each other like normal.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think that that's something that you're thinking about down the road maybe? I know you mentioned... Yeah, like I'm, it I'm so
3: focused right now. I didn't even know what is coming next, you know? Right. I, I really like... This fight is very important to my career. Mm-hmm. And Rocky, a lot of people underestimate her, but I'm not. I know she can bring, I know she can take a hit, I know she can move forward, and I'm ready for that. And this is the big thing. I'm focusing everything, all my energy, all my power in this fight right now.
2: I know she had that freak leg injury. Did, did you guys know anything about that when it happened at the time, just because of your, your relationship?
3: Yeah, because we sh- we supposed to fight before. Mm-hmm. But because her injury and and we have to like move forward a little bit and yeah that was scary yeah I was worried about her
2: did well, you did you reach was... out to her when that all happened
3: uh we we did it she, I, Nina I asked Nina to do to to see her everything but i, I know like at, at the time we already kind of knew we're gonna fight we kind of um uh, get a distance a little bit. Mm-hmm. Only to, like, make more serious. (laughs) But of course, yeah, I always thought about her. But she's good. She's ready to go.
2: Yeah. Now, a win here, and you're getting closer to that Rousey record, and obviously you beat Ronda. Where do you consider yourself all-time in the women's divisions? Like, do you consider yourself among the greats so far?
3: Definitely. You know, I take, I, 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 have been proving, you know, I'm the champion. When you have the belt, you're the best. You know, you the best in your division. You you work for that, and I, I'm 100. I'm 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 the best fighting this division for sure. And I'm gonna keep proving. It's not something like I'm gonna sit it down and then and then nothing's gonna I'm gonna do. I'm right. gonna keep proving, you know? Right. 30 defense, and for sure we will keep this belt.
2: You haven't lost since 2014. What did you take from those losses that you you? you had to deal with earlier in your career and obviously now to build this long winning streak that you're on?
3: It definitely helped me a lot of course you know after those losses I become a champion and I learned a lot a lot from that I kind of when I remember couple couple those losses I really take a lot of good things from that and build the strength mentally you know physically be more smart and and a lot of people don't know how to take it, uh, a loss very well, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, for you to become a champion, you know how to, you have to know how to lose. Nobody like it. Right. to think nobody likes to to lose, it, of course. But uh, if it happen, you know, like you have to be ready for, because life is like that, you know. Good things happen, bad things happen. You have to like get the balance and make things good for you. Was exactly what I did. I never is gonna cry because, because. Maybe I cry, (laughs) (laughs) maybe I cry, but like, you'll be able to to put your heads up and then move forward for sure.
2: Now I would say women's MMA is probably as popular as it's ever been. How much more expansion do you think you can see in the future here for the divisions and possibly even growing into more divisions?
3: How the girls think, how I think, like. I every day step in the in the gym, I wanna be better than ever. You know, I feel like all those girls do the same, you know. And then that's why this uh, the the women's division being grow and then people getting interested because if you go watch the girls fight, you know you're gonna see technique. You know the girls are gonna go try to to like really uh, uh, punch each other, go for, you know, bring bring a show. And I feel like this is been happening a lot. Like the fans get excited to see. Oh, Amanda's gonna fight. Oh, that girl is like, it's gonna, it's gonna be a good fight. You know, like with Rock, Rock is, is the same as well. That is gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. then I think this has been built a lot, the, the women's MMA. You know, the girls are not scared of anything. The girls step in the cage ready to fight.
2: Yeah. What did you think of Joanna and Rose's second fight a couple of weeks ago?
3: That was a good fight. You know, uh at the end, the third round, I, I thought, I thought Joanna is gonna get it, fight, that belt back. But, uh, I saw, like, Rosie set up, Rosie connect mm-hmm. more, yeah. like, more, eh, uh, make more damage, yeah. for sure. Landing more effectively. You lands, exactly. You can see it in the face. You know, uh, uh, Joanna throw a lot, but uh, sometimes it's not, it's nice. Affect like Rosie was and Rosie got to take it down at the end. Close it, yeah. everything. I think it was a good decision because I passed, I passed for the same kind of, uh, situation with, the, uh, Valentina Checheco mm-hmm. and I got to take it down at the end.
2: Yeah.
3: If you really want to belt if you really the challenge, you have to be, uh, you have to be, um, dominated the champion. You know, if mm-hmm. the champion uh, finish the 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 fight on top, I feel like you lose the credit. You know, to to have the belt. Yeah. Only if you did something in the other, in the other rounds. But uh, I feel like that fight was like very, uh, uh was in the balance. But I think Rosie connect more yeah. like. How much?
2: How much have you trained with Joanna, being here at at ATT?
3: <laughs> Nothing. Really. We, Actually, we only train train the same gym, but we never train it.
2: Never at the together. same
3: time. Yeah, never was the same time. We always have it, um different times. Hmm. But God, you God. know, the gym is huge. Yeah. You know. <laughs> There's and, so many
2: so many
0: people out there yeah. throughout the day. All right, Kingbo, the champ sounds confident here, and I want to break down a couple of things that she said. The key storyline in this fight, this Raquel Pennington versus Amanda Nunez, is that it's essentially friend versus friend. Maybe those two aren't lifetime friends, right? But Amanda Nunez's live-in girlfriend, Nina Ansarov, is longtime friends with Tisha Torres, who is the fiancé of Raquel Pennington. The couples hang out all the time. Is this a bigger deal? That I mean, is this as big a deal as people are making it That that... Friend is going to fight friend here, and there's a lot of allegiances here. That this is an interesting situation with the couples versus couples.
1: You know what? Here's the thing. They have to do something to make the fight interesting as far as storyline. Because remember, MMA has now become, actually, MMA is really pro wrestling in a sense. You have to have a storyline to sell to the crowd. Because you just, it's just hard to have a fight, just a fight. You have to have a storyline. Like think about the Cyborgs fights. We're just, are just fights. Now imagine she has a storyline behind the fights. Like with her and Rhonda. With a soul. Imagine any girl talking trash to her or she had beef with some girl. You know what I'm saying? They got into it at the club or something like that or got into it on social media. That would sell. But Cyborg has no, but like this, in order to have, in order to sell pay-per-views in this time and age, you have to have like a, um, like a, a beef of some sort. You have to have a counterpart that's willing to engage with you. Without 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 if if it was just if it was Amanda versus Raquel Pennington, no one would care. But now it's like you got girlfriends or friends, teammate, ex teammates, that makes it more interesting.
0: Yeah, it's interesting here because so how it breaks down is that Tisha Torres was at ATT for a long time, really good friends with Nina and Amanda Nunez. Then when did she then she jump camp to join Raquel in Colorado, correct? Yep, yep, yep. So I guess you can play up the, you know, what does she know about Amanda as a fighter? What kind of secrets can she bring in there? But it's really, I mean, it's not much at the end of the day.
1: It, it really isn't. But but what they should do, like, you know, instead of making a fake storyline, it's just market how Raquel Pennington's has worked her way from the bottom to the top, hard-nosed. They're both, both women worked from the bottom, made it to the top. They should they should they should emphasize that story, but instead it's making up a fake. Like, hey, well, you know, Tisha Torres is America's top team, and she's friends with Nina Ansarov, and uh, and uh, I'm the champ. Well, maybe she might tell some has some secrets to tell her, and maybe this might be some beef or friends versus friends, and that doesn't matter. Yeah, Raquel Yeah,
0: Raquel has been basically like, let's play up instead. That it's two openly gay fighters who are, you know, uh, positive role models in, in the LGBT community fighting against each other and that it's another women's made event in UFC. Let's play up that part of it. Then go in this direction. And and it's interesting because for Nunez, this is his fourth straight time headlining a pay-per-view. So this is, in the post-Rousey era, this is another positive for women's MMA in, in a fight. But at the same time, it's not really a fight that's going to sell a lot. It's not really a fight that's going to move a lot of numbers and and, and do something. So I guess, I guess I get why they go to that hook. In the end, though, what do you like this fight? What, how do you see this matchup?
1: Well, um, I like the fight. It, it just depends on the pace, the set by um, Raquel Paynton. And it's going to depend on what, um, Amanda Nunez can land, uh, that's effective that can slow Raquel, Raquel down. But back to, back to what we were talking about before, I feel like if they were stuck with, if they were came with something real, like both women come from the bottom to the top, both being openly, you know, gay and lesbians, you know, then I feel like maybe that could have captivated some people, you know, a crossover, cr- crossover crowd, famous gays and lesbians in, in Hollywood and, you know, worldwide because it's inspirational. Think about it. They're openly, they're openly gay. And they're out there fighting on one of the biggest stages in MMA. On pay-per-view. Both headlining a car together. Back in the day, they might have been, they wouldn't have been openly gay. They would have been like closet. They would have been in the closet quiet and they would have never revealed like what they'd done. Cause you know, back, in, back, like you know, just years ago, Michael Sam came out. Remember he came out and where's he at? And he's, he's capable of playing football in the league. But you know, they should have played that, but I guess the UFC, you know, with, with maybe, um with Dan White and them being like, and with the conservative crowd, they didn't want to do that a fair point. Who knows?
0: Very fair point. That, that could have been a very positive story. You'd feel like if this was WWE, would have been, they'd been all over it. You know, they'd been yeah, all over definitely. working it into the community. Very yeah. young.
1: Look at him.
0: All right. The key in this matchup in terms of, you know, fighters having questions and how we break it down is Raquel Pennington's absence from the cage. We last saw her November 2016 at UFC 205 at MSG when she retired Misha Tate. A very strong unanimous decision. That sort of put her in the title contention. For the next year, of course, Nunez pulled out of that rematch with Shevchenko. Pennington had to wait. Then she verbally agreed to face Nunez last December. But that fight fell apart when Pennington broke her leg in a hunting accident in which she was uh, driving an ATV and and it sort of rolled on top of her. That could have been disastrous. I'm glad that she was able to make a comeback. But now it's, you know, it's a year and a half, 18 months out of the cage by fight night how is that going to affect her when she's rushing right back into a five-round title fight against the best in the division?
1: Well, it could come under to confidence in her leg because we know she's going be in shape. Stays in Colorado, trains in Colorado. She's always been in shape. You never see a gas. She's hard-nosed. That's the main thing. If she has confidence in her leg, she can make it interesting. How would she deal with Amanda Nunez's versatility and her athleticism? But if she can keep enough pressure on Amanda Nunez because she slowed Amanda Nunez down – and gas her out to make the fight more interesting in the championship rounds. Those are questions that we'll have to see answered.
0: Very true. Now, when I look at this matchup, King Mo, the problem for Raquel is, is, look, Nunez answered all questions by defeating Shevchenko in that rematch in terms of, you know, she get well, she's great, but she gasses late. Well, she didn't gas late against Shevchenko. She went five rounds, and she looked good, and she did what she had to do. So now when I look at Pennington, I see, you know, she's not a dissimilar fighter to Nunez. But I feel like Nunez does everything Raquel does just better, and that's a hard equation to to, to top. What, what advantages will Pennington have in this fight?
1: Well, you're forgetting one thing. Valentina's really a 125 pounder. True. Raquel Pennington's a bigger, a bigger. You know, she's big for the weight class. She's not small. She's strong. She's a life. She's a lifelong 135er. So like that's the and she's in shape and she can go. Will she get bullied around? Probably not. Valentina got bullied a little bit. You know, she got taken down. You know what I'm saying? Can Ra- Ra- Raquel? Who, she can get taken down, but when she get held down, who knows? You know, and when you take people down, you can't hold them down. You keep on going for the takedowns over and over again. You know what that does? That gasses you. And you're dealing with somebody that trains the altitude, that lived the altitude their whole life pretty much, who probably has a higher VO2 max, has a higher electric acid threshold. I'm going into South Oh, Wow, this is
0: inside baseball right here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so like, um, it's gonna be interesting because, you know, I feel like, I feel like Amanda's gonna fight at a more controlled pace. I know that because I watched her train and she, she has a game plan set, but she's gonna fight smart and controlled because if the pace is set real high and it goes into the championship rounds, i if I were a kill, I'd be licking my chops.
0: It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting take. All right. Cause when I looked at this fight, I'm just sort of like Nunez is the better striker.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She is, she's, she's longer reach, taller, but it's pretty much an even size matchup. And I just think she has more skills, but you're saying if Raquel can make this a grind, if she can get this down on well, the look ground.
1: What could Raquel do to Holly Holm?
0: She made that a tougher, she made that a tough fight.
1: Exactly. It was only three rounds. Wasn't it a split decision?
0: It was. I guess I just yeah. don't see, I see how Raquel can stay competitive. I just don't see a, a perfect avenue to victory. I think she caught yeah. Tate at a perfect time where, where, yeah tate's heart was sort of getting out of the business at that moment
1: yeah yeah but there's no there's never a true clear path of victory until you're in the cage one thing amanda needs does have going for is that she's in brazil but that's that can work against her because she's going back home to find her people how will she deal with the the hype you know will she be amped up Will she go for the finish right away and gas out or will, will raquel overcome some adversity and then come on strong who knows you know um I know Amanda Nunes. you know, right now she's, she's working on all cylinders, but she's facing a person that's big, in shape, confident, and is durable. I think it durable.
0: I think it ultimately goes the distance.
1: Yeah, I can, I can see that. But at the same time, like, you know, Amanda's very diverse. She's very athletic. She could probably, she could catch her with something, probably, probably sit her down. She could cut her submissions. Maybe, I don't know, cause Raquel is so strong and solid. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. This is, this is a, a classic tortoise versus the hare.
0: Interesting. You have a
1: prediction? I'm going with Amanda Nunez. Maybe by a third round stoppage. Oh,
0: AT, oh, look at this, look at this. That's, that's ATT for life right there.
1: ATT for life.
0: Alright, there's a key quote that she had when our own colleague Brandon Wise asked her, you know, about be getting close, or what would she have to do to be to be in the running for being considered the greatest female in MMA history? And I think some people, when they hear that, would be like, well, wait, Amanda Nunez? But to is credit, as a determined competitor, she says, I'm already there. Let's look at her resume for a second. Not a lot of people have done what she has recently been able to do. Two victories over a tough Valentina Shevchenko. Stopping Misha Tate for the championship. Stopping Ronda Rousey in 48 seconds. Uh strong sixth fight win streak right now. It's, I'm not crazy to say she's in this conversation already.
1: Well, for MMA? It's so early uh, in the women's game, but still. Well, really, to me, it's one, like, it's not even close, Cyborg. Cyborg is the greatest female fighter right now. Cyborg, hands down. I like, like I, I, I've seen Cyborg train. I watched her fight. I've been K-side. Like there's nothing. There's nothing. Only thing that's gonna beat Tapework is is Father Time and Kayla Harrison.
0: Wow! Wow! Kayla Harrison, who's gonna make her debut with the Professional Fighters League coming up, the judo specialist.
1: Man, she's legit. Man, she's something else. I mean, I'm look for someone that's like really been training for like maybe a year, years, a few years. I'm impressed with what, she, what she's doing. I'm impressed with her athleticism. I watch like I'm, I'm so impressed with her. I watch her warm up. That's how impressed. Like, she reminds me of like a Clarissa Shields type. Like, I watched her walk in her hands, like, the whole cage length without wavering. No, nobody in the gym could do that but, but her. She's a true world-class athlete. She'll be the first world-class athlete, true world-class athlete that Sabo will ever face when they fight. Because, you know, Holly Holm was a world-class athlete from boxing, but she didn't come from a world-class background like Kayla Harrison. Kayla grew up you know what I'm saying? And became two-time Olympic champion in judo for America. Is
0: I, I want to see. I want to see what she has. I mean, see, we've been hearing about her for a long time.
1: I, look, I, when, it, when, you down Florida, when you come to Florida, you need to come to the gym with me. You should watch her throw around some of these guys. Like seriously, like, how's her striking game? It's coming. I, I, I watched her do bad work. I watch her work with Diah Davis. Head movement. I watch She spot She spot with um, Amanda a few times. And the thing is, like. She had no one to spar with, since so she came down here. First day, she sparred with of Nunez. Like, in the clinch, I wouldn't even clinch with her because I've seen her throw a <laughs> lot of guys. No, seriously, a lot of guys. I've seen her submit guys in the gym, like guys that are pros. Like, they've had, like, six, seven fights, and she's, like, throwing them around, submitting them. All Watching right. them, struggling.
0: We're going to watch her rise. I'm excited to, to hear this inside and, and see what she can do. But if Nunez can defeat Paddington and she could get that, sort of super fight on the women's side against cyborg and if she wins that
1: then she's yeah, the goat she, wins that, yeah. she she wins that she, yeah, she's the goat but but that's a that's a tall order just cuz Amanda's so much smaller than cyborg i don't know cyborg like i don't know I, cyborg is, is, is a special fighter you know and so is Amanda but size does make a difference
0: does this mean that as the days and years go by will will downgrade Ronda Rousey's in-cage legacy, not her cultural legacy, not the, her legacy is intact in UFC and MMA for bringing women's fights to the mainstream, right? For becoming a crossover star, a celebrity, bringing women's sporting to the, to the forefront. That's all secure. But her in the cage, because it was so early in the evolution of the women's side, is it going to be something that doesn't age well?
1: Uh, you know, sadly, it would not age well because you know how MMA is. Like, what have you done for me lately? People, well, people. I've heard people call like Fritz Franklin and Chuck Liddell bums. Yeah. Or St. Pedro, and I'm like, what? Like, what? Like Jens Pulver? Oh, he's irrelevant. I'm like, what? You know, you, you, you. I don't know. I'm just. I don't know. I'm. It's just, it's just a young sport, and people just don't respect what's been done in the past.
0: Fair point, fair point altogether. All right, this co-main event is Jacare Ronaldo Souza, in his first fight back from, from really the time he thought he was going to – I mean, he had been on a mission to get that middleweight championship. We last saw him, of course – I'm sorry, his second fight back. We saw him in April of last year when he got knocked out by Robert Whitaker, and that seemed to be his moment late in his career. Came back, bounced back really effectively in stopping Derek Brunson in one round in January. Now – he says he's not done at 38. He's still got titles, shots in his future facing Kelvin Gastelum here. How do you like this matchup?
1: Uh, I like the matchup. Can Kelvin Gastelum stop the takedowns or stop stop the ground game? Who knows? But can Jacare stop the speed of Kelvin Gastelum? Because Gastelum has some fast hands. He's very cagey, not cagey, but he's very slick. He has great timing uh, and some good pop. You know, uh, we'll see what happens. I, to me, it's a toss-up right there.
0: It is an interesting style matchup because if Jacare gets that on the ground and can keep it there and just control him, that's a long night for Kelvin. But, uh, look, he's got to get it. He's coming off of that knockout of Bisping, and it was what it was. Bisping was coming off of, like, three-week break from from the GSP fight, and it was in China of all places. So it's tough to really, you know, put that on your head. But uh Gas- Gaslam's going to need that breakthrough victory. I, th- I mean, I thought he was there really after uh, – why in the we- I thought Weidman was his think, opportunity, yeah. and then he didn't get I, it.
1: Yeah. Weidman was the opportunity, and what happened was he got taken down. And well, let's see, Jack Ray could do the same. And Jack Ray on top of you is worse than Wyman on top of you.
0: That's fair, fair point altogether. We are also going to see a hashtag old guy fight. I'm fired up for this one. Brazil on Brazil violence here when Vitor Belfort faces Leota Machida. I, I love this fight. This could be the end for Belfort, maybe, or maybe not, and maybe he fights forever. He seems like a fight forever type guy, by the way, King Mo. I feel like I could see him in Bellator for like a 5-6 fight run until he's about 50. But uh this is an interesting matchup here at middleweight. Do you have a favorite in this one? Liotta.
1: Um, The reason I like Leo is I feel like, you know, um, he has uh, more of a solid base to go to. The thing about Vitor, is Vitor has hands, but Vitor, since I've I've known him, he's been in, like, eight different gyms. TriStar, Black Zillions, Ruvka, Secret Tour, This Gym, That Gym, Noguera, Boom, 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 BTT, here and that. He's, like, like, I I just think that, I don't know, I think that um, Leo, though, is going to be more consistent, and I think he's going to be sharper.
0: I think everyone's reaction to hearing this fight is, well, what what version of Belfort do we get? He's in Brazil, so does that mean he's getting drug tested? Is the Mohawk going to be back? Is this going to be Prime 2013? TRT Vitor Belfort? Because if it's that guy, I'm not I'm not picking against him. He's 41, but every time I think he's done, he looks good. Even when he got stopped by Kelvin Gastelum, he had moments in there where I'm like, he's still borderline
1: elite. He had moments in the first. Except right now, he's become a front runner, like you know, because his age is caught up to him. Um, he did his camp in Canada. So if he's, work, if he's trained with John Chamber, he should be in shape. And maybe that can be, that can be the key, key difference right there. But I'm not sure, I'm just not sure. You know, um, you know, this is his first camp at TriStar. And a lot of times when you, when you switch camps, your first camp with a new team, you know, when, when, you, when you, actually your first fight with a new team, when you come out, you kind of look, you don't look, you don't look yourself because you picked up new, you're working on new things or you're working, you have a new system. So usually it takes like two fights. To look better, sometimes we go to new camp. take a step back because you're working on new things, have new training partners, new time, new environment, new everything. So I just I don't know. I think that if it was a second fight or third fight with Tristar, we see more competitive fight.
0: Vitor, I say he's a fight forever guy because he's the one who's saying we need a Legends League. I'm just saying, hey, bro, go to go to Bellator. There already is a Legends League. You could be fighting, you know, you could be fighting Chael, you could be fighting Rampage. Hey, you might get King Mo in a couple couple years. You never know, right?
1: No, no, because I'm going – what's up done MMA? I'm going to BKB.
0: So you're going to, you're, going to, you're going to the Bullet Club. That's where you're going. yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, final fight I care about, King Mo, on this UFC 224 card is we talked about Kayla Harrison getting her big spotlight soon. Mackenzie Dern, the women's strawweight, is trying to get her own. This is a fight against Amanda Cooper, the former tough finalist. What does Mackenzie Dern need to show you? She's fresh off of that UFC debut. That was in March at UFC 222. Split decision over Ashley Yoder. There were some holes there. What does Dern need to do in the second time around?
1: Just need to be real. Go be, be do what you do, good. Throw throw your strikes, which, you know, she's working on that. Gets the get to the get to fight the ground, get get submission. You know, like her last fight she tried to start saying a strike, which is cool, but just get the fight to the ground. you 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 know, get the fight to the ground and uh and get the victory, and then then go to practice, keep working your striking. Because the thing is sometimes people try to push the issue too much to improve so much that when they go out to a fight, they'll try to strike when you're not there yet. Work out you know, throw your jab, throw your keep it keep it simple, get the takedown, get the submission, and then go back to the gym and keep working the striking.
0: Dern, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Dern's an I- interesting prospect. She's interesting. Uh, you gotta see that, you gotta see it come together. They should match her properly. I mean, Cooper's a good matchup at this point. She's lost a, a few in recent times, but I think this is a, a, certainly a fight Dern can win. A lot of people give Dern crap because her accent has changed over the years. <laughs> to really, she had sort of an American accent two years ago, and now it's, she even uses a translator sometimes, uh, from a Brazilian. What, how does that evolve
1: so quickly? Uh, isn't isn't her dad Brazilian?
0: He is, he is. But man, and then, that, that and was it was, it, was
1: I, I don't know. What was her first language? Portuguese or was it English?
0: I think it was English because she's she's. You know, it sounded like like the, like the full on American. And I think after now training in Brazil, she sort of adapted quickly.
1: That's eh, that's interesting.
0: I guess it happens right there.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe she's trying to embrace the Brazilian culture again. You know, I I have no idea. Maybe she wants to see more Brazilian. Uh-huh. Who knows? You know, I I have no idea. I. I I heard about that. I seen it myself. I, I'm not too familiar with her as a person, but I have seen like videos of her talking. But maybe um it could be head trauma. Hey, you know, sometimes you no, like hitting
0: the head. You don't mean I'm that. Just
1: saying, I'm just saying, like, who knows? You got it. it got to be something.
0: Maybe King will have a British accent one of these days after <laughs> after after a defeat. Here, all right, King Mo. The fight we care about, the card we care about the most this week is Bellator 199, SAP Center, San Jose. That's 9 p.m. Eastern on the Paramount Network. King Mo Muhammad Lawal versus Ryan Bader, and now King Mo. I had a chance to catch up with Ryan Bader. We're going to throw to that sound now. Let's hear what Bader, the Darth one, has to say ahead of this matchup. Ryan Bader, thanks so much for joining us, man.
4: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, yeah. Great. Great to chat with you. King Mo is a, uh, regular on our, on our podcast here on CBS Sports. So he's been getting us fired up for this fight for a long time. So it's really cool to hear your side of it. So, you know, I kind of want to start at the beginning of this tournament. You had just won the Bellator Light Heavyweight Championship and then to get an opportunity like this. Were you on board right away? How quickly did you sign up for this?
4: Oh yeah. You know, we, uh, we signed up, you know, they asked us. We said yes before we even knew we, uh, what it was, how it was going to play out, who was in it, that whole kind of deal. You know, so it was something that we were open to do different things when we came over to Bell Tour and, and so just presented itself. And it was, uh, you know, definitely a hard yes right away. Um, and then we kind of found out it was for the belt, you know, tournament format, the names, all that kind of stuff, and just kept on getting better and better.
0: Yeah, no question about it. I mean, you, you really can't do better than the name value in this. And I'm sure a lot of these guys give you – an excitement opportunity to get, you know, to get the scalp, to get that name on your resume. And you're going to start off here with a, with a guy close to your weight class in King Mo, But at the same time, it, it's moving up in weight. So how does the adjustment of heavyweight change for you, whether it's preparation or mental?
4: Um, nothing really. It just it seems a little better because I don't have to cut any weight. You know, I walk around about 230, 233. Um, regardless. Um, the only difference would be I would like to be about ten times lighter at this point than what I am if I was fighting at light heavyweight. So I'd like to be around two twenty 220 to two twenty three, um a and a half out or so, you know, and uh um for me, yeah, I don't have to worry about that. You know, then a light heavyweight weight usually get there. I'm watching what I eat, um Wednesday, and Thursday watching what I drink. I take fifteen pounds of water out of my body and weigh in, you know, and that's gotta do something to, you know, affect you in the fight. And so I'm not gonna have to do that at all. I get to, you know, keep eating, keep drinking, um, um, feel good the whole time, and cruise into the fight night. You know, feeling feeling good, and like uh, you no rehit. You know, trying to rehydrate, in a short amount of time, all that kind of kind of stuff. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to that, and, and looking forward to how I, you know, I already feel great going into that into fights at, at light like weight. I've never not cut weight. So I'm going to feel even better going into this fight, fighting a heavyweight. But I'm not really changing. I'm not trying to bulk up or anything like that. I'm at my usual walk around weight.
0: When when you consider the the wrestling pedigree of both of you guys, sometimes in fights like this, it can cancel each other out and it become can become more of a chess match on the feet. How do you expect this fight to turn out in that
4: regard? Yeah, you never know. You know, it's uh, you never know where a fight takes you. You might. Say hey, I'm going to stand up the whole time, uh, and then it ends up on the ground the whole time. We've had falls happen, you know. So uh, it really doesn't matter to me. I'm proficient everywhere. I feel like I have more tools. Um, I'm in great shape. I had a great camp. Um, you know, I'm I'm used to going five rounds hard. You know, this fight's a three round fight, so I'm really going to be able to push the pace. You know, and I feel like I'm just getting into my prime of my career at a perfect time for this heavyweight um, Grand Prix. You know, King Mo's first single list. And he's a tough opponent um he's uh experienced and but the the I think the big difference is too is is our uh you know who we fought also you know I've been consistently fighting top 10 guys in the world regardless of promotion can't tell you the last time I haven't fought a guy like that you know where as he's kind of jumping around um and not fighting that caliber of guys you know he, he just is his last win was over um over Rampage Jackson which is a great fighter but you know, we all know he's not in his absolute prime, you know, and he had a close fight there and hasn't fought for a year. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been consistently uh, I've been active. I've been fighting the tough, tough guys.
0: What can we learn from the the recent common opponent of both of you facing Phil Davis, where he lost a close fight, you've been able to, to defeat him just last year to win the Bellator
4: Light Heavyweight Championship? Yeah, you know, he, he can't really learn too much because uh, Phil Davis is kind of an anomaly. He's one of those guys that um he's just a uh weird he has a weird style you know everybody look at it, you know and, it, and it's that's a you know that's uh not not putting him down at all you know that's a good thing you know and so uh it's hard to it's hard to break down um those kind of fights people that fight phil davis because um phil davis is, is he's his own animal his own style and uh you can't take too much away from that, and I'm not big on the MMA math. You know, I beat him, right? And therefore, I beat you because you know, he beat you. I don't look into that at all. I just look at what are my attributes, um, what are his, what what do I do better, um, where can I exploit his weaknesses, etc.
0: You know, you you mentioned that the great streak you're on, you're nine and one in your last ten fights. Mo has bounced around different weight classes, different classes of opponents. Let's say he does have two defeats in the last few years. How close do you think he is to his prime at age 37 at this point? Because you're the guy labeled as as the closest of all these big names in this tournament. The guy who's pretty much right still in the midst of his prime. How close is Mo in your eyes to that?
3: Yeah, you
4: know, I, and I, I could be totally wrong, but and and it's no disrespect to him to Mo whatsoever. You know, I just feel like we're in in different different times and different areas in our career you know i feel like i'm getting in my absolute prime i'm still here training two or three times a day and and my body is feeling great you know whereas he he hasn't fought in a year you know we were supposed to fight um before you know and he pulled out you know nine weeks prior to the fight you know and i don't know if his body can't hold up whatever so i mean i'm i'm just kind of looking at it this is my own opinion but is is his body you know from competing at the highest levels in wrestling and and having all the fights he's had you know it, his your body starts to wear down a little bit especially at that age and he can't put the trade you know put in the work in the training camp like he's used to and like what he needs to um you know and so he kind of also gets away from his wrestling because you know wrestling just go in there and get you get you tired and your arms feel like they're you know blown up you can't strike you know and so I think that's in his head a little bit you know where as I am the total opposite I'm I'm cage grappling, you know, two times a week, I'm wrestling, I'm grappling, I'm doing everything, I'm sparring, I'm conditioned for that, you know, I went in there and, and, and beat a tough uh, Linton Vassell, you know, I, I felt him, his cardio start going and going because we were doing the, the grueling cage wrestling and groundwork, you know, and, and I was just waiting for my time, you know, so I, I just feel like that's the difference right there, you know, and I feel like, you know, where um, he's good at, I'm just as good if not better, and, and you know, and and I'm mentally there i want this bad and i know walking into that cage that i've i've done everything i could possibly do in training i'm at my peak of my cardio where i think him walking in a cage he he knows that he he has it and whether that that is because you can't with his body um so that's that's what i'm saying i feel like we're at different points in our career
0: sure sure uh well I'm, his, I'm interested in in what kind of history that you two have had with each other i I think had may have mentioned you you wrestled at some point in college i mean has there been a lot of you ever trained together has there been a lot of you know interaction at any
4: point through the years no yeah not too much interaction he whooped my ass back in college i was a freshman you know he was a senior or something and uh great wrestler and and i went out there and and uh you know, he rolled me up and and cracked me and uh Um, other than that, I think we trained together once at the Olympic training center when we were in college and our coach took us up there. Um, you know, and that's about it, you know, then I don't think I've seen him until, you know, we were in the cage together, um, after his rampage win. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where, um, we competed against each other before and and now we get to do it again.
0: Sure. You know, it's been pretty cordial and I'm seeing Mo, Mo's, uh, putting a little trash talk out there. He just said this week, he, he doesn't think you want it anymore when it comes to the fight game that you don't have the dog in him anymore. You have a response to that or you, you've been keeping it pretty cordial on your end.
4: Yeah. I mean, any response, how can you, how can you say that? You know, I went out there and finished the, uh, the last guy from the belt I'm nine and, you know, nine and one of my last 10 fights. I'm fighting nothing but killers out there. Top 10 guys beating them, you know, and, uh, um, that's just, yeah, it, that doesn't make sense at all. You know, I kind of just explained my whole thing where I would flip that right back on him, You know, and that that rant I just went on before. You know, so for sure. Um, yeah, that's where that's where I stand.
0: All right, so when you look at the names still alive in this tournament outside of yourself. What do you think is potentially the toughest matchup for you in there? And you could say Mo, but what is the, when you look at the landscape, who's the toughest out for you in this? Yeah, you
4: know, I definitely, we have some, uh, some tough guys on our side of the bracket, you know, so I would say Mo and Mitriya, yeah, You know, Mitrión's a big heavyweight. You're really stepping up, um, and fighting a true heavyweight at that point. He moves well, has good striking, you know, um, definitely see weaknesses there. You know his weaknesses are what I do do great, but um, you know him and then uh, obviously Mo, he's a good wrestler, a good striker, you know, so that they're always tough. Um, but uh, uh, I do well against other wrestlers uh, if you look at my career, so uh, I feel good about it. Um, I I think the next, you know, every fight going forward right now is tough, you know, but these next two fights are definitely uh, um, the fights that uh are intriguing.
0: You know, we're you, coming off of uh, two fights ago, that fight we mentioned against Phil Davis at Madison Square Garden for the title. I'm curious, did it end up feeling as good that moment as you always dreamed it would
4: be? Yeah, you know, it felt good. But, um, you know, you always want to kind of cap it off with like a finish or something, you know. So it was a close fight, um, you know. But it felt good to finally, finally get that belt, you know, and then uh, uh, go in there to defend it, too. Felt great, you know, kind of put a stamp on, all right, you know. um there's your period on the end of that, you know, so, um, yeah, it did feel good. And then the next best thing, you know, what's even better is, is having two of them in the heavyweight belt. That's a, it's an excellent opportunity
0: to close here, Ryan. We thank you so much for your time. We, we got a sexy matchup on the other side, Fedor and Chael. A lot of fans are going to be fired up for this. It, it, how do you see that fight breaking
4: down? Man, that's a tough one to call. You know, um, I definitely can see, can see Chael winning, taking him down you know, um, you, you got to remember, too, it's a three-round fight, you know. It's, it's not a five-rounder. Um, so really, one takedown, you know, around round kind of secures that fight, you know, and, and he, he's good at that, you know. And uh, um, that being said, you can never count Pedro out. He, he throws bombs, even if they're from his hips. you know, he, he's throwing his weight into those punches, you know, so he can definitely catch them. So if you just ask me, right now, like, you know, if I had to choose, I almost want to say Sonan might actually, you know, pull it off and, and, and beat Fedor, you know. But, uh, um, like I said, you can never count Fedor out and, and Fedor with, uh, confidence also is a, is a different animal.
0: Good stuff indeed. Hey, Ryan Bader, thanks so much for your time. Bellator 199 SAP Center in San Jose. Can't wait. Very, very much looking forward to this fight with King Mo. Best of luck to you, man.
4: I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: All right, King Mo. we heard from Bader. I look at he's a good guy I, I i can't I can't sling a lot of hate here in this situation. He's a good quote. he's a good guy, but here's his platform, his stance against you. what we just heard. He says when comparing the two, King Mo's body's breaking down a little bit the last few years hasn't been active. Bader says he's entering his own absolute prime, and he says, quote, "No disrespect to Mo whatsoever." But I just feel like we were at different times and different eras in our career. End quote. Your thoughts?
1: Uh, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, my body broke down. Was, but got fixed. Um, different eras. Like, I, honestly, I don't hear a bunch of lameness. I, I, you wasted your time interviewing the dude, man. I actually fell asleep listening to the interview. <laughs> it's a bunch of nothing, you know. Like, um, first he said, "Never." He said, "Oh, Mo's never evolved." Man, Brian, have you watched your last few fights? Have you? Wa- I watched your first fights, and I watched them now. I, you, and and you saying I never evolved? Come on now. Then you say I'm too small. You fought Leo Machida, who's about the same size as me. What happened?
0: Well, Bader's nine and one in his last ten. And his stand, his stance, his foundation, his platform was that he's fighting elite guys. He he couldn't say the same about you of late. So he feels like he's the fresher fighter, the guy coming in. He feels like. At heavyweight, he won't have to cut, so he'll be in. He walks around at two thirty, 230, two thirty-three, so he'll be prime, ready to go. And one key thing here, King Mo, that I wanted to get your reaction to, he says you have abandoned your wrestling a bit too much, and that he thinks will be the difference in this fight.
1: No, I, the thing is, like, man, I mix it up. I get takedowns when I need to. I box when I need to. I don't force things. He just wrestles because he's scared. You know, he, he that's his that's his go-to. Like, he boom, boom, boom. Shoot. And the thing is, he wants to be big because he wants to come out and wrestle me. That's cool. What happened? We'll see. And another thing is, we talked about his five top ten guys and rankings. on Rankings really don't matter. All that ranking stuff don't matter. What What's he ranked right now? I don't know. Rankings don't matter. You know what I'm saying? The only thing that matters is we get in the cage. Everyone talks about the rankings and this and that and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to show them what the rankings mean once I beat them because they mean nothing.
0: Well, let, let's talk about how you feel right now because you have been battling injuries the last couple of years, right? I mean, you've you've had a a hip issue. What changed for you to to now feel prime again?
1: Well, I fight, I had a hip issue because I never I didn't know what was wrong with my hip, so I just never cared. So I just I was like, you know what? I'm everyone has nagging injuries. Well, come to find out, it was I was bone on bone on my hip. Got it fixed. Now I've been sparring, training, all that stuff, man. He's talking about bad my wrestling. Nah, I get takedowns when I need to. But I, I like I like to strike. He's wrestled first because he's he's afraid to strike. So that's why you see him shoot those long shots from far away. And he wants to be safe. He don't want to take no damage. That's why he's wrestled first. He really don't want to fight. He wants to wrestle and keep the cage. That's why he's coming in and fight 230-something, to try to keep him against the cage. He says the
0: three-round fight as opposed to the five-round will be an advantage because he knows he can empty the tank. He can go after it. But... He's gonna to have to go after it on the ground because when I match up, you're striking against each other. That that's not a match. That's not an area he can win.
1: No, it's not an area he can win. And on top of that, he thinks that him being 233 is gonna help him. He's gonna be a lot slower. He's he was already slow as it was at 205. He's gonna be a lot slower at 233. But and the thing is, like when I beat him, what's he gonna say? Like, well, here's the thing: like when I beat him and he's 233, then what's gonna like what's gonna happen when we fight at 205? You know, I, you know, so that, you know what, like, all the talking is done. I'm gonna put hands on him. He wants to shoot on me. I'm gonna sprawl on him. He wants to stay high in that stance. I'm gonna take his ass down. But trust me. I'm gonna expose him because I, there's so many holes I see. It's, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna, it's not gonna be easy work, but I'm gonna make it look easy.
0: King Bo, you're, you fight, you're a money weight guy. You're a businessman. You get what this game is all about, but how, to compare your emotional state, how fired up you are for this fight, this matchup, the tournament, the heavyweight championship at the end of the rainbow, in comparison to recent fights. How different does it feel?
1: Well, it's different because I'm actually pain-free. When I fight Quentin, if you watch him between rounds, I'm walking back to the, back to the, back to the, um, my corner, I'm limping. When I fight Ishii, I was limping. When I fought Krokop, I was limping. I've been limping for about seven to eight years. You know what I'm saying? And I've just, just been hiding it. Now I'm not limping no more. I'm walking. I can jog. I couldn't jog before. I couldn't jog or run. People, people didn't know that, but I couldn't do none of that stuff before. I couldn't, I couldn't even jump before. But now I can do all that.
0: Hey, hey, I want to see Prime King Moen there against Prime Vader. I want to see what happens. This is going to be a fun fight. It's it, it, it's, it's interesting to break down because if it turns into a wrestling match, you do own, you do own a wrestling victory over him. Back in the college days, as 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 Ryan Bader said himself in that interview, he whooped my ass back in college when he was a freshman. He says, you were a senior. He says you guys trained together at the Olympic Center back in the day. But, uh,
1: you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in that cage if it nev- goes to the ground. He was never, he was never like the train center. but like, I, I remember everybody that was the train He was there for maybe like one or two days. Like, I, wrestled, I beat his, I beat his mentor, Aaron Simpson, like three times. The thing is that like, he wants to, like, like when he comes out of wrestling, he might be bigger, but I'm a better wrestler than he is. He stopped wrestling after college. I kept on going. You know what I'm saying? That's why if you look at if you look at him versus Phil, they were wrestling each other. Nothing happened. Phil never came close to taking getting a takedown on me at all. Besides when he when he stunned me. Phil never came close. And Brian Bears me the same way. Like I've, I've given up what two takedowns in my career? That's about it. He got taken out by Rumble Johnson, who's not even a, who was a striker, not even a really not even a real wrestler. You know what I'm saying? He like Rumble take him down. You know what I'm saying? He went in there and fought scared. One thing that's different between me and him is the heart. When yes. when, when when he's scared, he he, he packs it up. He packs, you know, he packs it in. Me, I go, I go, I go out there and fight regardless. I don't care about the, you know, that's one thing I'm proving. I fight everybody, anybody that's bigger, small, whatever. I don't care. Him, he he's a bully. If he's if you're bigger than him, he'll give up. He'll quit. Ask Glover to share and ask Rumble Johnson.
0: You stood across from him for the, uh, you know, pictures for at, at different various press events the last few months. How do you physically match up with him in terms of height, reach, muscle, fi- all that?
1: Height, he's taller. Everybody, I fight, taller than me. Reach, I got him like five inches. Speed, quicker. Oh, man, I can't wait for this because, you know. Oh, I, yeah, Uf- well, get fired up here. All these people, these UFC groupies, it's like, oh, Mo, you're about to get smashed. They said the same thing about Phil Davis. Not that I beat Phil. Many people thought I beat Phil. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show these boys what's up. I'm gonna beat, I'm a beat Bader. I'm gonna beat Bader. You're gonna Bader like, don't his, his, his disrespect
0: seat. me in my home. In my home. That's
1: what, that's basically what you're saying. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna show myself. I'm gonna give him a bell to a greeting, a bell to ass whooping.
0: Alright, what has Bader done in this not, ni- he's nine and one in his last ten. There's some good names on there, but what does he do well? What, what does Bader, how is Bader effective?
1: Uh, he crowds you, he baits you into, his uh Macarena-style fighting—it's like he's a two-beat fighter. People fall for that rhythm. It's offbeat. Um, throws an overhand, okay, actually an overhand right hook type to a takedown and just controls you. And then, and then, then if he can find a way to stop you, he will. If not, he'll just decision you. He fights smart. You know, so he fights. He keeps the fight in the strengths. He tries to be comfortable. He takes rest when he can. Like you know, he's not—he doesn't really push the pace that hard. You—if know, you look at his fights, like there's a lot of booze in his fights.
0: Very true, that Phil Davis fight for the title at Bellator NYC last year was, was really booed out of the building.
1: Yeah, and I guarantee, it's, and both times they fought, they was booed out the building.
0: Very interesting. Kimo. I am fired up. I think a lot of people, even in comparison to this UFC 224 card, people are fired up for this matchup, the final first round. I want to get your thoughts in a minute on the other recent fight, but let's look at this Bellator card quickly. The co-main event, John Fitch in Bellator against Paul Daly. A interesting matchup here. The power of Paul Daly, who's very upset at Bellator management at the moment and very outspoken against that. Against... Forty year old John Fitch of Lay and Prey variety. He's been in World Series of Fighting since two thousand thirteen. This will be his Bellator debut. Who do you like in this one?
1: You know, it's toss up, man, because John Fitch is a, the new the, is the master of neutralizing his opponents and making them making them frustrated and smothering them. But at the same time, he's worth the striking. I've seen his jab get better. He can fight sawpod orthodox. And I think that that could help him uh, keep Paul Daly like, you know, a little off balance. But he can't Get too comfortable standing because Paul Daley's left hook is is vicious. I think I think Paul Daley's left-handed too, but his left hook's amazing. Um, and his takedown defense is getting better. It's a toss-up, man. But really, I think the favorite is Paul Daley because he's he's been more active as of as of recently. We've seen
0: Fitch get decisions over the likes of Jake Shields, Yushin Okami in recent years. This will be an interesting fight because of Daly's power, like you mentioned. Daly really trying to make a statement here. He knocked out Lorenz Larkin last September. That was a pretty good statement coming off of the loss to Roy McDonald. That should be good. Hey, check Congo, Javi Ayala. That should be a sloppy heavyweight setup right there. But we want to see Aaron Pico now. This is uh, fight number four on the pro career. Bounce back from that loss at Bellator NYC last year to Zach Freeman, that where we called him the, you know, the the best prospect in MMA history, you know, the his story was told over and over. He's bounced back with back-to-back KOs. What do we want to see here in this one, King Mo, in terms of the evolution when he fights Lee Morrison? Do we know Lee Morrison? Who the heck is this guy?
1: I don't know, but somebody's gonna get knocked out or beat up <laughs> and take down, beat up. Um, Pico's serious man, like he's gonna be hard to take down. Uh, he can take you down. He can control you. He has good hands. The only thing, only my only worry with him is how will he deal with a kicker? That's the only thing. He's a boxer. He's a, you know, he can wrestle, but I think right now his, his weakness, his poison will be someone that can kick real good. He, he hasn't dealt with that just yet.
0: That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, I want to see, I, I wonder if this if this loss in fight one will be the best thing to ever happen to Pico. I wonder. Cause when you come in with that kind of hype, man, that was a quick humbling. I mean, they picked the wrong guy at the wrong time, but. You know, you wonder but if this makes him better.
1: It's looking like it. If you see his <laughs> his past few performances <laughs> devastating.
0: Alright, King Bo, we want to close by wrapping up this Bellator World Grand Prix tournament. You're in the final first round bracket. We just saw a very exciting matchup a couple weeks back when Fedor took on Frank Mir in Chicago. A forty eight second TKO. Got a lot of attention. Got, got got pretty good ratings for Bellator. What was your takeaway from that matchup?
1: Uh when you fight Fedor, you can't you have to fight you have to make him think. You have to slow the pace down. If you try to fight him like a, in a Heathcliff, Heathcliff Alley Cat style ba- battle, you're gonna lose. You can't like he, he thrives off the scrambles and the the fist You have to fight him like Fabio Maldonado did, be controlled, walk him down, and, and 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 pick pick him apart in certain spots. But if you go out there and just try to bang with him or try to just have a firefight with him, you're gonna lose. Yeah, Frank. Henderson.
0: Frank admitted afterwards that he got. When he got judo thrown early in the fight, he said he was so embarrassed by it that Fedor basically baited him into a war. And Frank just abandoned the game plan and just started firing shots. And, you know, for Frank, man, he had a... Should have. I thought it was a matchup he should have won. I thought this was a tournament that he could have done some things at if he was in shape, and he had lost a lot of weight since we saw him in January. I mean, he had dropped like forty pounds. He looked ready, but man, I, the, I was surprised he broke in in that sense, where you know one judo throw, even though he got right back up, that he was like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta win this fight right now.
1: Well, two year layoff, or you know, um, most of his camp, I guarantee, was probably spent getting the weight off and not working on active, actual and tech technique. Because if he had worked on tactics, he would've known. Stay composed because we watched Fedor do this over and over again in fights. Kevin Randleman slammed him, <laughs> came back and got him. You know, um he uh Helen Rancho was, was was hammering him, Fedor came back and got him. Um Al was boxing him, Fedor came back and got him. You look at Brett Rogers, same thing. So Fedor has a history of like falling behind and coming back with one big one big puncher a slick submission.
0: Yeah, yeah, very true. And that, that was an interesting sort of left hook. I mean, he caught, it was a sort of a half uppercut, caught Frank kind of off balance, rushing forward. It kind of reminded me of when Kimbo got, got sent to hell by Seth Petrozelli that time. It, it didn't look like much of a punch, but when you're off balance, you, you're open to it right there.
1: Yeah, when you're off balance. And two, like Fedor, it, he generates so much power from those, uh, uh, those awkward angles and those, and the awkward position. His hands, his hand position is bad, but, He generates so much power in his great hips. Such good speed. And a lot of times the punches you don't see coming are the ones that you do you in.
0: And, you know, to hear Matt Mitrion's quotes ahead of that fight, he says, you know, fighting Fedor, it's like it's a constant chess match. Everything you do, you can see Fedor's mind and his body reacting to it and ready. It's sort of like this doesn't mean Fedor's back, but the old dog still has it in terms of the technique, the mindset, where if you make a mistake, which Frank did, he will make you pay. Because he's got the the speed still there for a guy at 40. The speed is still
1: there. The speed and the reflexes and, and just the flexibility and like just, just the instinct. He fights over instinct. That's why, if you want, like I said, like people if I have instincts like machines, not machines, but they just, they just, they don't, they just go. Free us machines. To beat them, you have to make them think. You have to make the, you have to slow the pace down and give them different looks and make them second them guess themselves.
0: Yeah, there was a great King Mo, uh, equ- equation there you once said. You said the moment you make a machine think, it malfunctions. End quote. Yep. That, that's a King Moism right there, if I ever heard one. So, this is great news for Velator, because now we get Fedor Chael, and from a standpoint of two personalities, two names, it's very good. I actually think it's a really interesting matchup when you consider the size difference. Chael's wrestling against Fedor's power. It's a pretty good fight.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good fight, but, uh, it's gonna come out of what Chael does. Cause Chael has to get revenge for for uh, Matt Lindland because Matt Lindland did lose to Fedor years ago via armbar and Bodog. dog. Chael has to fight smart. Chael has to keep his submission defense tight and keep working his hands, keep his hands high, and fight. If Fedor, if if Chael can keep the pace, can fight at the same pace he did, or keep the pace at the pace when he fought Quentin, he will win. He'll beat he'll beat Fedor. But if Fedor can make the fight at a faster pace, chair Ch- will be too small and 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 and, 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 and he'll fold up that's interesting. Hey,
0: it's going to be interesting on your side of the bracket, too, whoever faces Mitrione, because both you and Bader would have the wrestling advantage coming out of there against him. This is it's turning out to be a fun tournament, King Mo. Nobody's hurt yet. Cross your fingers, right? We know there's a potential alternate bout of, what is it going to be, Crocop against uh, Roy Nelson is the alternate yeah, bout yeah. there. They're teeing up. Hey, this tournament's been fun. It's getting, getting good ratings. We'll see King Mo and Ryan Bader this Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, the Paramount Network. King Mo, thanks so much for joining us during Fight Week. Breaking it down for the people. Getting us all fired up for this fight. We want you to stay healthy. We want you to go in there and, you know, maybe maybe deliver some nap time. I mean, if you, if you can.
1: Yeah, I'm doing I'm uh, nap time, coma time, and fun times.
0: Hey, you got to be thinking that Bellator Heavyweight Championship. It means something. That, that's out there. It's, it's, it's in the horizon for you.
1: Yeah, more, more than anything, me just win the tournament. Like, the belt's cool, but I'm going to beat everybody. I want to beat Bader, Matt, Matt micho and then whoever's in the finals, I want to beat them, too. Because I'm about getting the wins. The belt will come. You know, get the wins.
0: Get the wins. Get the wins. King Mo, any message for your people, for Ryan Bader, for anybody out there as we close?
1: Hey, Bader, you will be out. But for for the people tuning in, we out. <laughs>